0: Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you for checking this podcast out, produced entirely by Anchor.fm. Guys, if you're interested in creating your own podcast, Anchor is the easiest way to do it. And the cool part, it's free. Anchor has all the tools to help you create record, and edit edit a podcast directly from your phone or computer. They even handle the distribution, putting it out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other sites. What's really cool about Anchor, they even allow you to monetize your podcast. Again, for free, you can generate income from your podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's talk real quickly about how you make money in real estate. First step, you have to buy the properties right. You have to buy properties at a discount. The second way that you make your money in real estate is by knowing your numbers. This is super, super important. If you're implementing the first strategy, you have to know your numbers really cool tool we use to help us estimate our repair numbers more accurately is called Rehab Estimator Pro. Check out RehabEstimatorPro.com Use the promo code DPI and you're going to get 40% off of the price. Rehab Estimator Pro has changed the way that we estimate our repairs. We used to kind of shoot from the hip. Uh, We use rule of thumbs. We use uh, square foot multipliers. And those things work, but this nails it down. Check it out, guys. RehabestimatorPro.com. Use the promo code
1: DPI. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career,
0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Your host, Mike Slane, joined with co-host... David Dodge, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great, David. How about yourself? I'm how great, are you man. Doing? I'm
1: doing awesome. Good, good. I'm excited. Today's episode is about tenants and toilets. Tenants and toilets. My two favorite things. Boring, and what does that have to do with <laughs> wholesaling,
0: you're going to ask yourself? Well, here's Woo! the thing. We are deep... it has a
1: lot to do with wholesaling,
0: actually. It does. We are in our deep dive here on the Burr method or the Burr strategy. We are in the what is the Second R, uh, buy. Well, no, buy rehab rent. We are in the rent section. Second R of the burst strategy. You're point. missing
1: an R up here too, buddy. Yeah, I know. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> That's the repeat. It's no. That's big the deal. repeat, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So we are in the second R, which is the rent stage, and we're talking about uh, renting out our properties. Uh, our normal focus is on wholesaling, uh, but again, we we're doing. But then a little... it connects. It yeah, circles back. So absolutely. let's
1: talk a little bit about the burst strategy, guys. What is the burst strategy? Buy renovate rent out refinance repeat is an aggressive rental portfolio uh, 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 acquisition acquisition strategy basically okay and we've done so why is it
0: aggressive though explain that real quick because it's it's important and it's the it's one of the reasons why we like it
1: yeah it's an aggressive strategy and wholesale we're going to tie this back to wholesale in one sec but essentially it's aggressive strategy because we are taking a relatively small amount of money, let's say maybe a couple hundred thousand, okay, um, that we are using to buy four, five, six, seven properties at a time, renovate those properties, re, uh, rent them out, and then go to the bank and refinance with a with a, with a loan that essentially pays back all of the initial investment and sometimes even a little bit more um, so we can take that same money and keep flipping it over and over again. So as little as maybe, uh 300,000 we could we're going to buy 150 houses over the next 2 years with those, with about 300 grand. Uh, maybe a little more here a little more there or a little less there but it doesn't little, matter.
0: It's a little less when you think about it. And here's well, I like if to think if you did it Be quick and yep, quickly and you start accumulating the rentals so you start accumulating rental income. Mm. So that is why it's always less in my opinion. And it's, it's always going to be it speeds up. If you exactly, if you do it properly. It grows
1: at an exponential
0: rate. Love
1: it. Even better way So to again, it.
0: tying it back into wholesaling, Dave, I'll, I'll let you finish that. Yeah,
1: thought so there. how does the burst strategy have anything to do with wholesaling? Well, you always want to buy your rental properties at a discount. Mm-hmm. And the best way to buy a property at a discount, regardless of your exit strategy, is to get it directly from the seller. And the cool thing about wholesaling is we keep the best ones for ourselves; Hence, we use the burst strategy or we'll rehab those. And then what we don't like, we'll wholesale off. So wholesale to us is a profit center. It's a money maker, but it's also a job, which means to Mm. me, it needs to be, there needs to be a means to an end to it. So my means to an end is, hey, let's do marketing, get a bunch of uh, direct communication with our motivated sellers. And then we can cherry pick the discounted properties that we get that we like and keep them and do what we want with them. And then we'll wholesale the difference. So we have an exit on even the junk that we don't want. So learn how to get good by going direct to the seller. We actually built a course on that, didn't we? We did, what's I, believe, the, what's the link? I believe it's called the Free Wholesale oh, Course. Oh, that's
0: right. So freewholesalecourse.com, guys, if you haven't checked it out, we encourage you to do that pretty much every episode because we're that proud of it, and we've had- And
1: we've had a, uh, almost 5,000 people take the course. So they you tell know, us they liked it. And we've had so. a lot of positive feedback. So we're really happy to, to, to give back and share some of the things that we've learned. But again, today we're talking about tenants and toilets, so this is uh, part of an episode series that we're doing mm-hmm. on, um, on, on the, the birth podcast, strategy on the podcast, right?
0: On the birth strategy, that's, that's right. right. So uh, what? What? Why tenants and toilets? One of my favorite sayings about rental properties is like the old landlords complaining, oh, tenants, toilets, and taxes." Those yeah, are the, can't get around the, from three, that. the three T's, man. The three T's of rentals: the tenants, toilets, and taxes. They're all you know a pain in my backside so that's uh, again why i like to call it tenants and toilets because taxes are unavoidable you're going to have to pay them yes you can uh, peel the assessed value and try to get a lower tax rate but you're going to have to pay those taxes or eventually the government's going to come and take that property so tenants and toilets these are two things you can control uh, in your rental portfolio more than uh, many of the others the tenants you can control via uh, tenant screening and uh, selecting your tenants and the toilets are the maintenance you can control via the quality of your rehab and uh, the people that you choose to do your rehabs for you and to do your repairs for you so that's why we dive into tenants and toilets because those are two things you can control in your rental portfolio so
1: how do you control your tenants in your toilets well one you can screen good tenants that's right and toilets really refers to all things maintenance in all my things opinion maintenance. Oh, yeah. you can um, you can do good renovations in the get-go not half-ass those projects um, you can also d- use techniques that we like to refer as tenant proofing meaning using certain types of materials that will last longer and be more durable so that's some of the things that we're going to talk about well as, as well in this episode
0: great This episode's gonna be good, chock full of tips. So in the last episode, we talked about some of these things and we're gonna talk about a few of them again here. Uh, One is how do you select your tenants? How do you screen your tenants? So uh, first off, you get your rental property finished. We've finished our rehab. Uh, We've got it through our occupancy inspection here in St. Louis. And you are going to start advertising the property for sale on sites like Zillow. Uh, You're gonna claim the property. Facebook
1: Marketplace. Facebook
0: Marketplace, hugely powerful. Craigslist. Craigslist, cozy.co. You can put it up there as well. Yep. And uh, what was the other one you'd mentioned, Dave? Is my house something, my cash house. My smart move. My smart move. Yeah, man, I was really throwing you You're off close on that I was one, really man. throwing yeah. you off. Samsonite. My, man, I was way off. That's right. Yeah, so again, you can use sites like that to advertise your property, to uh, do some light tenant screening. Uh, those services are all three of those. Uh, provide tenant screening where they go on apply through them, and uh, you can run criminal background check. You can run uh, credit report, and it kind of gives you an up or an down
1: on most of them. Uh, most of those services, yes, they make it really easy. They some of these services actually give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down, mm-hmm. which is great because if you're not good at analyzing numbers, and, the, and they give you a score of, you know, thirteen twenty, like, well, what? Where's the scale start? Where does, it does it end? Like, just tell me if it's a good tenant or not. And they make it real easy for you, which yeah. is cool.
0: Yeah, so they're hugely helpful. Uh, what else are we going to talk about with screening our tenants? So showing properties. I mentioned in the last one, I like to set up a showing day. So once I advertise my property, people call in and they say, hey, can I, when can I see it? I like to set up three or four people on the same day. Uh, I like to go over there and I bring a flyer and I say, hey, here is when we can meet. If you can meet, then great. If not, we'll have to meet the next time. I've got three other people in line. Uh, so again, it's it's pretty important too to get uh, get everybody in there because it creates, like Dave mentioned before, a yeah, sense cents. of urgency, guys, mm-hmm.
1: that you want to keep uh... that this property's in demand. Yeah, again, and it's you a freshly it
0: quick. It's a freshly rehabbed house, which again, tenants don't always get to move into. You know, I mean, you think about somebody who's renting; oftentimes, they're not able to. You know, they can't buy a house, they can't buy a new house. So, a freshly rehabbed house is pretty cool, and again, you can you can charge a little bit more rent. Uh, but it is it's a desirable product hopefully that you're putting out there for your tenants. So again, you want to create that urgency uh, get them out there. So screening the tenants. So when you meet them though, that's your first chance to, to... Oh look in their
1: cars. Okay, I didn't even get it. love I was, that one. that's, that's my that favorite. One. look in their car. The car. usually somebody's car is a good is a good um, a good way to kind of peek into their life. I mean, think of it this way, guys. I mean, most people's, living, going with this. I like most this. people's living rooms look like their cars. So mm. if there's just shit and trash everywhere, then that's how your house is going to look like if they move in. First thing I always do is look in their car.
0: I love it, man. That's a great great idea. Next um, I wish I would have known that or thought of that when I was dating my current wife. Ooh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she you know loves right.
0: stuff everywhere. I'm uh am more of a throw it away. Clean yeah. It up. Right. I like the simplistic, empty, everything, you know.
1: So nothing simple. on the shelf. So simple, right? Nothing on the shelf.
0: Simple. Nothing on the wall. Right. Floor, boring.
1: Yeah, look She's in the, the car, tougher. man. That is the best way to I've literally um Taking people's applications and, you know, before they even gone, gone I had basically rejected them from, uh, sorry, from... Um properties just because of the trashiness and the lack of respect that they had for, yeah, their, for their own, own possessions. Yeah. Let alone my possessions. Yeah, so. people,
0: that's that's cool because people definitely they take better care of their stuff than they will of someone else's. That's just human nature. Right. In general. So yeah, it's that's, kind where, of a that's crazy cool. I like thing, that. Right? Look at the look at the car. I... I not heard that one before and I really like it. Dave, thank you for that tip.
1: You're welcome. Man. Yeah. Look in their car. Uh, next is uh, just how they present- ask them if they own a vacuum machine. This is a tip that I've gotten from, uh, from, a, from a buddy who owns a bunch of properties, 150 plus properties. Ask if they own their own vacuum machine. Simple question. You wouldn't think to ask that, but if they don't own a vacuum machine, imagine how the floors were going to look after 30 days. Let alone sixty or ninety days, man. I'm
0: going to digress here a little bit, and that's a really good good pointer. But you call it vacuum machine, not vacuum cleaner, or oh, whatever.
1: <laughs> well, no, just- yeah, it could be anything. I mean, shoot, I ha- I own three or four different types of vacuums, mm-hmm. small ones, machine vacuum. Machine. I usually I like will it. say cleaner, but like you know, no, ask like them if it. they have some sort of vacuum. That's it, you know? I like like vacuum machine. I'm gonna start saying that Yeah, vacuum machine. See if they have one. But again, if they don't have one, look at the big picture here, guys. If they don't own a vacuum, that means one of two things. One, they're hiring somebody to come clean their house, which is probably not happening. Mm -hmm. Or two, they're not cleaning their house. And that's okay uh, to know, but you don't want to encourage that behavior in your rental property. So uh, just ask if they own it. Uh, another thing that we don't do, but I would love to start doing down the road, and again, uh, this friend that has a ton of properties does, is they sign all their leases in the current residence or the current uh, place that the tenant is staying. They almost require it, unless unless it's like almost impossible, but basically why they do that is, again, they want to come into your home for a minute to see how you are treating it, how you're respecting it. And if they go out there to sign a lease and there's stuff everywhere and the carpet's torn up, right then and there, they may decide that this isn't a good fit. So that's that's a more advanced strategy, I would think, is actually signing the lease in the current resident of the place because that's a hard thing to scale. Yeah, however, that's interesting. However, that also creates better tenants that stay longer. If they invite you into their home, you're building rapport. I, was say, I feel
0: like most tenants that didn't have a clean or a decent-looking house currently would probably say, "I'm not interested." So I think that's kind of a I'm not self- interested
1: in having you out to yeah. my house. I think that's a
0: self-subselecting uh, type. You defeat type yourself. Thing. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah, you, 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 you select
1: yourself out. Yeah, you yeah, screen yourself out. Right that's that's interesting. Too much coffee, man. Yeah, both of us. We're all jacked up today. What's that? Uh, what's that? Uh, we're all jacked
0: up like spider monkeys. That's right.
1: Or, you know,
0: no, I'm gonna come at you like a spider monkey. I'm all jacked up. So that's a good
1: new. that's a good point though, guys. Look in their cars. Ask them if they own vacuum cleaners or vacuum machines. Vacuum machine, we love the baby. vacuum machines. Mm-hmm. Um, it, advanced strategy there would be tell them that you're happy to sign a lease with them, however, you'd like to see current living conditions. So if you're if they're okay with you come into their property anytime in the next few days for 10 minutes to sign the lease at, at their kitchen table that they can have the property and again they're going to they're going to opt out of that and that's that's you that's if helping you if they're mistreating their property yeah if they're mistreating they're more their property likely to and if they're not out. that's even better if they say great i would love for you to come meet my my dog oh, okay cool i'm cool with dogs but mm-hmm. there's going to be a deposit and you just you work through those things you know but that's a that's a really couple good tips there
0: yeah those are awesome so man. that's
1: some of the things that we do in screening the tenants um, Before the application or during the application, but there's also screening the tenant on the application So what are some of the things that we're looking for in an application that may not mean that they are a good tenant? Well, if they have a lot of previous addresses and they didn't stay in those addresses for a full year or several years if they're bouncing around well for one I don't really want a tenant that I know is going to move out in 12 months you know, 50% of them are. Yeah, but if I, if I can get a to stay for two or three or in, I've had tenants stay five years in some certain properties, uh, then you don't have to deal with the turnover and typically less maintenance, too, because they're not moving in and out and tearing things up. Uh, so things that you want to look for in an application would be a low low number of previous addresses and long terms on those, you also want to look for evictions. Have they had any evictions? You want to see what their credit looks like. Do they have good credit? Is it mediocre? Is it is it bad? Those are definitely decisions that you want to make or look at when making your decision on if they're going to be a tenant. And last but not least, uh, maybe check the criminal. I personally don't care if they have you know DWIs or or weed charges or whatever it might be. But you know if they have a prior rape on there or something along those lines. You know the neighbors aren't going to be, you know, very happy with that, and mm-hmm. I might own houses in that neighborhood even. So at that point, you're like, eh, maybe not a good fit. So you just want to look at the criminal history. You want to look at the credit, and again, look at all those things. One thing I highly recommend, mm-hmm. which um, I've done in the past, I I can say this with with full truth and honesty, I've done this every time I've I've dealt with a tenant is I've called the references, and or previous landlords, and you know it's it's probably not that hard for a tenant to give you a bullshit reference. But I would try to ask questions that people wouldn't typically ask, um, just to kind of make sure that those were those were things that uh, made sense. So, for example, if it was a high school friend or a college friend, you know, I would say, "How long have you owned that person?" And you know, "Have you ever let this person sleep over at your house or or stay the week or the weekend?" You know, "How'd that experience go?" And they, usually, I'll make it funny and start laughing with mm-hmm. them, you know. But then they'll kind of start to tell you like. Yeah, he's super clean and a neat freak, and it's like, great, that's what I'm looking to hear. Mm-hmm. Versus, oh yeah, he stole my sweater. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, he I'm passed probably he not passed gonna out on my couch. Yeah, you know, I'm it probably not gonna like put this application at the top of my stack. I'm not saying that doesn't work for me, but if I have better opportunities, I'm not gonna you know look elsewhere. So, Perfect, man. Don't forget to screen the application, screen the person. Lots of ways to do so that, I... and there's actually tons of tips out there. Um, yeah, one of my things is they always people always
0: freeze up when they say you're going to run a credit check in criminal background. And I always say, listen, and I tell them just kind of what Dave said is I don't really care about. I have DWIs and weed charges on my record. Well, I don't say that. But I say I'm not looking for an I angel. I mean, anyone I can just look it want, up. I'm yeah, not hiding it. I don't want, I don't it want violent crimes. And I'm not looking for perfect credit. I just want somebody
1: that, uh, you know, can pay the rent. But that's I went to college, guys. I'm guilty. Right. I did go to college. <laughs> okay. So with that being said, you know some of these things that you're that you find on there, like maybe they had a bankruptcy 12 years ago. It's probably not even going to show up for one, but two, it's like you know things happen to people in their lives, and you know new chapters open and old chapters closed. Well, tenants, so I'm not necessarily looking for things to pick them out, but I am looking for what I like to call red flags. So I think that's a better way to word it. You know, s- things happen people. And that's okay. You know, our goal is to provide sound quality housing at a good price for a profit. All right. We're not doing this for free, but at the same time, we do care about our tenant because if we care about our tenant, they then care about our property and they care about wanting to remain a tenant. So there's a lot of things that go into this that, you know, that you got to consider. Absolutely. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, no, very well said. Yeah. I mean, definitely keep your, keep your tenants happy, keep the properties up, Uh, it's a it's a win-win relationship. Hopefully, going forward. Cool. So let's
1: jump forward, guys. This is the tenants and toilets talk. All right, Mm -hmm. talking about advertising your properties. We talked a little bit about that. Showing those properties. You know, you want to screen the person. You want to screen the application. So that comes into screening those properties or the the tenants and the properties and whatnot. Next is managing those tenants. So let's say that you get all the way to the point where you give somebody an application and they fill it out and they pay the $30 30 to $50 fee to run all the credit and everything else. And you decide it's a great deal. You may or may not go to their house to sign the lease, but the lease is signed. You've collected your security deposit and your first month's rent. Then at that point, you give them access to the property and you have to set some expectations. Mike, tell us a little bit about what you do next after you sign a lease and give them the keys.
0: Absolutely. So I used to have a It was called a tenant's rule or tenant guidelines. Checklist or a walkthrough list, yep. So I had, uh, it was a whole thing and it basically was just rules of conduct. Like you have to have quiet hours after certain hours because I don't want the cops called. Yeah, make it simple. Uh, So
1: I usually provide them a sheet with the utilities, mm -hmm. names and numbers, and then like you said, you know, best practices or guidelines, Mm -hmm. you know? We are not okay with you having a party at four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. However, if you wanna have a barbecue at four o'clock in the afternoon, that's all good. Mm-hmm. You know, We're not telling you that you can't live your life, but you need to follow some certain guidelines. And a lot of that, I like, love that, Mike. You
0: wanna have at the time of the lease signing, you wanna kinda of go over this paperwork with them and the expectations. So you also wanna provide them with your contact info. How do they get a hold of you or who do they contact when there is a problem with the property at two in the morning? If it's an emergency, yeah, call. If it's not emergent, wait till the next day. Yeah, you that's a make, good point too, because if the pipes
1: are broken and they're going full throttle, and it's 3 a.m., we want you to call. Yeah, we want
0: you to take care of it, yeah, figure it out. Right
1: then and there. Call me, call, call emergency plumber if you have right, to. Absolutely. Right, absolutely. So yeah, managing the tenants, you just want to set some expectations. Um, in our, um, in our um, companion course that we're gonna be launching soon, that's a companion to these episodes, Mm-hmm. Um, of the birth strategy, we're going to be providing some some example material on what you can provide. And again, it's keep it simple though. Here's the utility companies. Here's a copy of your lease. Here's my contact information, and then here's just some general best practices slash guidelines. That's what I would so recommend. What
0: I also would say is you're gonna you're establishing a relationship with these people. So you've already you know you met them at the property, but now you you've got more of a working relationship. And at this point, they've moved they're moving into the property. And in a couple of days, maybe a week or two, I would call out, I'd be more proactive and say, how's it going? Is there anything with the property that needs to be addressed? And this is another thing I say is, I would tell them at move-in, please make a list of any issues you have with the property. Yeah,
1: don't forget be- to take pictures before you let them move in. So like, if you're gonna sign the lease there with them, take pictures that day, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It. This no, is really it's important cool. though. Or just, while you're showing the property, take a bunch of pictures, guys. You can take a hundred, I took 150 pictures of a property that I'm wanting to buy just this morning. And like, I may not even buy it. Like just take a lot of pictures, all the angles, every little thing, and just throw it in a Google doc or a Google drive or a Dropbox, or you can use free softwares and free apps. Just do it. And the reason is, is because, and take more, take a lot, the more, the better. The reason is, is when the tenant moves out and you put together a list of all those repairs, you can look at your photos to say, hey, was this already kind of broken or or you know, screwed up prior? Or was this a fault of the tenant? And the reason is, is A, if you have to ever go to court for any reasons, you have evidence and proof. But two, you can justify sending somebody a bill for 800 to 1500 to two grand for the repairs, if you have the before and after photos. If it's, you it's impossible to it prove advantage. it, you can't do that. But if you can prove it, so not only is it good to have a walk a checklist for walking through the property upon leasing, and them exiting the property, but also add to that photos. Yeah, as that's my point. That's really good, man. Yeah, I, I just, I wanted to get that in.
0: You know, and I, we just kind of skipped over that because I just assume with the marketing of it, you have your pictures. We don't even state it. So that's a good very, point. You can double, important. you can use those for very multiple important. things. That's a yeah, really g- good point too, Mike. pictures. So what I was talking about though, uh, once they move in, there's going to be issues with the property. A newly rehabbed property, I'd say one in three or four of them. There's a couple things that our guys missed. You know, like maybe a, a plumbing pipe is loose or leaks a little bit or you know the washing machine wasn't hooked up right or the ac tube is leaking or whatever so just tell them make a list and we'll get somebody out there to take care of any issues with the property you know and that way again you're kind of getting ahead of that maintenance you're telling them hey you want them to be happy with the property and you're a landlord who wants to maintain that property so again these are all things you want to set the expectation that it's it's going to happen the other thing on managing tenants and this is something i personally have not done uh, after a few years, I turned over my properties to a manager, but it's set up annual inspections. Uh, an annual inspection, even if the, they
1: move out or not, you're saying keep you, them. Even if they're no there, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. and That's some a people, really, really good. Thing some to people do. do
0: it more frequently. I think that once a year, getting inside the property is plenty, uh, just to again to evaluate the property and say we're we're checking for maintenance issues that need to be addressed and et cetera, et cetera. You don't want to leave a tenant in a property for 5, 10, 15 years if they are a hoarder or are doing things that are destroying your property. I mean you you just don't you don't know what's going on in there if you're not in there. So have your property manager or do it yourself once a year you want to get out there and meet your tenants and see in the property and again as a landlord you have that right you want to put that in the lease that uh, you have the ability to do that. Uh, again, and sometimes you need to give them, you know, 24 hours written notice, I think is is what it is, or uh, posted notice. Uh, so again, you want to make sure that you are managing your tenants and managing your properties, keeping them up. Uh, we also like to do a drive-by of the exterior, make sure the outside we of the property. We do that is- probably
1: once a month we at do. this point. Now, once we grow, it's going to be tough, but there's three of us, plus our guys doing maintenance. Whenever they go out to do maintenance, have them switch have them take a couple pictures mm-hmm. and teach your maintenance guys how to use, like, Google Photo. It's so simple. It's free. It's in the cloud. And they can send you a link, and then we'll throw that in our CRM, and we'll date it. And that way, you know, after you have the property for 10 years, you may have 10, 15, 20 different times where you went there and took photos. So we're always taking photos of these properties. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's good for, for a lot of, of reasons. Pro tip.
0: It's good for a lot of reasons, yep. too. Uh, you ever get audited, you can say, hey, listen, I was – at the property on this This day day. yeah here's my photo
1: to prove it right yeah there's a lot of
0: a lot of good reasons to to do that uh so let's talk about uh what's up we talked about managing tenants so now we'll talk a little bit about collecting rent so the old-fashioned way of collecting rent obviously was you know your landlord came and knocking and was asking for cash Uh, the another way is checks is people writing checks for their rent well, that's a little bit old school, and not everyone is doing that anymore. The easier way is, what I would say, is using an online service like Cozy.co or Zillow Rental Manager, or Dave, you're gonna to have to say it again for me. My uh, smart move. My smart move. Uh, you can set up the tenants in a little portal, and they can pay their rent every month online. And it goes, it pulls directly from their account, deposits directly in yours, saves everybody a little bit of headache, uh, you can all see it. There's a log of it. There's no checks lost in the mail. So that's our preferred way. We actually were working on making it required for all of our tenants to do ACH direct deposits. And uh, that's something we're, we're working with our property manager to push all the tenants to do that just because collecting rent uh, can be an issue if you don't have a system in place. So we want to make sure they collect, they, they pay the rent on collecting rent. And we touched on this in the last episode. We'll touch on it again because I think it's super important. If for whatever reason, a tenant is behind on rent uh, after the second or third day, you wanna call them. Say, hey, I noticed we didn't get your rent yet. Uh, What's going on? You wanna know if that rent's not coming in and you wanna know when you can expect it. So with that said, on the 10th day, you let them know that you have to start filing the eviction process because they didn't pay their rent, period. There's no. There's almost no exceptions to that. We literally file on anyone who does not pay the rent by the 10th, no exceptions. We have to collect the money. Uh, this is uh, pretty important. Uh, next up, Dave, let's talk about problem tenants. This one we could probably talk about for quite some time.
1: Yeah, that's okay. So how do you deal
0: with problem tenants? This is, you know, it's, it's, it's really situational
1: very situational you know, depending, depending on what's yeah. going so on so at this point we have a property manager doing it for us and that's what we recommend you do so you don't have to deal with it again we like to deal with the property uh, we have them deal with the people but if you are in the stage where you're managing your own we've been there I'm still d- dealing with a couple tenants uh, no big deal um, but some tenants are gonna be easier than others know that going into it some are gonna be a huge pain in the ass some you're going to have to kick out okay know this going in Don't let this be a surprise. When the tenant quits paying, you got to kick them out, all right? It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. The more properties you have and the longer you've been doing it, the higher chances that you're going to have to do this and more frequently, okay? So dealing with tenants, again, these are people, but this is also a business. So you have to be careful that you're dealing with, you know, you're doing this properly, but you also have to make sure that they know that this is a business to you. So, you know, Mike, you said earlier, you know, you need to be kind of objective and you need to be stern with these people um, in certain areas. But at the same time, they are human beings. So you want to treat them with respect. So I like to handle all all my tenant issues just kind of one at a time. You know, what's the problem? How can I help you? Let's solve it together. That's the mindset that I usually have. Or I'll ask the tenant if they have a solution. And oftentimes the tenant's solution is a cheaper, quicker, Instant solution than what I might suggest, right? They mm. might cost less to put a piece of plywood over some over a broken window for three months than do something that I was going to do that would have been dumb, like you know, like I would, that's the tenant would may have suggested that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So oftentimes I say, hey, thanks for letting me know what's going on. Let's address this together. Do you have any suggestions? and see what they do, otherwise you can run with it. And you wanna just make sure that you keep the integrity of their household, their safety in mind, right? If they have a broken door or a broken window, that's probably a little bit more high priority than a sink sink that's dripping, right? So you wanna prioritize those things. Um, You also wanna let your tenants know that there will be a fee or a cost associated with maintenance, okay, you're happy to come over and fix those things, but you want to be able to let you want to set the precedent kind of from the beginning and/or the expectations that it's not okay for them to call you every day with every little thing. The doors rubbing, the carpet's got nails poking through it, the doorknobs loose. Okay, well that's fine. That's that's these are simple problems that we can address one by one. However, you know, it's, there's a cost associated with me coming out, okay? So that's one of the ways I like to do it. Some property managers, they don't necessarily charge the tenant, but they're gonna charge the owner of the property to deal with those things. So I like to set it up to the beginning to let them know that there will be a charge. Um, and again, it's not a big charge, maybe 30 bucks. But think of it this way. If um, something that they can fix for 30 bucks on their own um, is pretty easy to do. Don't you think that they're gonna wanna just go do that and not deal with having somebody walk through their property at a certain time of day that they have to be aware of, right? Mm-hmm. So what it does is it eliminates all the little knickknack stuff from them calling and bothering you with. And you tell them, you know, if I come out and it is a real reason, maybe I won't even charge you a service call, but if I'm coming out for some petty little BS item, I'm yeah. Charging. So
0: and that's and exactly. So I think there's a clear. Line. So I waive
1: the fee a lot too.
0: Yeah. There's a difference between uh, a hole in the roof or the AC going out or whatever versus like David. A mentioned, window a that loose rubs. Door. Exactly. Or
1: blinds that are that are that aren't or going a, up a all the way. Or a tree
0: that is blown in the wind and scratches the window. Like, right. That is on you. you know? Right. Like it, screens are broken. Yeah, yeah. Certain
1: things are not a big deal, but if there's water leaking, if the house is on fire, call us. Okay. We need to know about this. ASAP. So there's certain things. So, you know, dealing with tenants is a one off type of thing. Um, But again, these are people you want to work with them. There's a happy medium between uh, pushing these tenants away and and, and not wanting to work with them um, and working with them and keeping them for a long time. So I would rather spend a little bit more money keeping somebody happy, but I could keep in the property for three, four, maybe five years because that money that I'm spending is actually less in the big scheme of things than the opportunity cost or the vacancy mm-hmm. and the repairs that I have to do for a new tenant for a new tenant, and then I have to pay a property manager to lease them and then I have vacancies. So there's so lots of things that go into, with that into said, play there. With
0: that said, the one thing I will add on to that is that your problem tenants, once you get up to a certain number, even if you just, again, you were unlucky <laughs> and you, you screened up tenant well, but you still end up being uh, someone who calls once a month for a maintenance issue, and it's a big deal each time and they they require you to come out and fix stuff. Fire your tenant. So at the end of their lease, don't let them come back. I mean, it's as simple as that, just say,, yeah, I'm, gonna- I'm not renewing. I'm yeah, not renewing
1: not- your lease. And a lot of leases have um, you know, have thirty day outs on the on the um, on the lease or side that just says, you know, I can give you thirty days' notice to where you have to vacate the property. So maybe that's something to consider if you're in certain areas that, that may be required. Right, well and that's why we go with one year leases uh, quite a bit, I mean, I think
0: uh, our property manager almost only does one year leases for that reason. However, we do with offer
1: 10- price breaks sometimes for the two years, mm-hmm. which is I love doing. So let's say a property rents for 875. You know, I usually will throw it out when I'm doing a showing or a leasing appointment with them to say, hey, I know this may not matter to you, but if you wanted to do a two year lease versus a one, it's only eight twenty-five, so I'll literally take like fifty dollars off a month. So what's fifty dollars a month times twelve months? Mike, six hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna basically reduce my my rent over the course of a year by a total of six hundred bucks. However, uh, one month vacancy, I would lose eight hundred and seventy-five dollars anyway, or eight twenty-five, whatever. And I have to fix that place back up. Mm-hmm. So we often will do you know fifty, maybe even as much as a hundred dollar. Discount if it's a twelve to fifteen hundred dollar rental property a month to say you know if we're gonna throw this out there and you know I'll be honest twenty five percent of the time people say hey I don't really feel like moving in a year anyway so you're telling me if I sign a two year with you I can pay you less money and it's almost like you know that they won that thing you're like yeah let's do it you want to sign a four year give you hundred dollars off. You yeah, know? so no, that's
0: another strategy as well. Again, so, it's, it's all uh, there's different ways to do it. No, no one of them is right or wrong. It's whatever kind of makes sense for you and your business.
1: So, love it, man. Love it.
0: Yeah. So so maintenance,
1: let's talk about uh, I think we've talked about that a little bit. What else do you think? Um, well, how do you how do you handle maintenance? So typically, you're going to get a phone call, you may get an email, it depends if you're using a property management software, it's either going to come into you, or it's going to go to your property manager. Then what do you do? Well, in our case, we have people that we're already working with, contractors, general contractors, subcontractors, that we will send out to help us do those maintenance items. Um, And then we will pay those people directly and then we may or may not bill back the tenant. If you're dealing with a property management company, they will probably have their own maintenance people. So one thing I do wanna talk about really quickly while we're on this topic is, just because you hire a property manager doesn't mean that you're not managing anymore. Okay, maintenance is the main thing I think personally that needs to be looked at and managed when dealing with a property manager because maintenance is a profit center for a lot of property managers. So the typical rate that we're familiar with, and it could be very different in lots of parts of the country, is 8 to 12%, call it 10% is a good average on what a property manager is going to charge you a month. Well, this is, you know, something that most people pro- you probably haven't heard before, but you know, of a property manager's business income, typically only about fifty percent of it comes from the actual management fee. The rest of it comes from the markup of their services. So maintenance, they're going to mark up the materials and the labor. So if you if they send somebody out to do a hundred dollar repair, they're going to probably bill you three hundred dollars. So again, that is a profit center. So you want to make sure that you are doing the maintenance yourself or that you are working with somebody that you trust. However, if you've hired this or subbed this out to a manager, that's okay, but make sure you stay on top of them and you manage those expenses because a couple bad maintenance things can throw off your cash flow for the entire year.
0: That's a really good tip. Yeah, and and a lot of people don't realize that, that uh, property managers do charge. We're lucky enough; we have one who doesn't, and we do our own maintenance. Yes, yeah, so we have a
1: hybrid model with ours. We do. We so pay uh, we pay eight percent, which is on the low side. Um, however, we do give him leasing, so we don't we don't do that ourselves, and we have an outsourced it to another person. He's doing that too, so he gets seventy five percent of the first month's rent. Again, another profit center. But that's time. I don't want to deal with people. I want him to do that. I want to deal with the property. So he makes seventy five percent of the first month's rent, and then any maintenance that he gets. It Included in his 8%, he just he just is the communicator. He sends it over to us and then we work with the subs. That's how our business operates. Yours might be different mm-hmm. and you just gotta kind of figure out what works best for you. But we like to deal with, with the property and we like him to deal with the people.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to say it. So there is gonna be maintenance on your properties even if you just Even rehabbed, if you just rehabbed it, I love that. That's so true.
1: It happens, um, tenants. It happens uh, 10 out of 10 times. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> is that fair to say? Yeah, just about. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then uh, St. Louis summers, man, we have had so many AC service calls. It's uh, it's just not fun to hear, hey, we're replacing another system. So again, if those systems are super old, when you buy the property, you may wanna go ahead and rehab that or replace just that Just kind of, of time. fix that
1: glitch in advance. Exactly, because it's not fun it for you,
0: point. it's not fun for the tenants. So let's talk about some have. of the
1: maintenance things that you're seeing, Mike, because you're handling a lot of this on, in our business you've seen a ton of them come through just True. on average. What are you seeing? Is it leaky faucets? Is it doors aren't closing? Um, is, yes. it, is it- Yes. Um, and yes. Yes and yes, like just yeah, all that type bit. of stuff. So let's, well, and then, so let's, let's talk, run through just a couple of things that you should be able, that you should basically um, so your service calls be expecting. Are gonna, your service calls are gonna be seasonal as well. That's I know that point. sounds weird. It's a very good point.
0: But they are. So uh, just I mean, a few months ago, we were dealing with a, uh, multiple calls of leaking basements.
1: That was in the in the spring in the rainy season. Spring.
0: It's raining constantly. Right. So why do you get so many leaky basements? Well, two reasons. One, either gutters are clogged, or there's a drainage issue in the on the property itself with the um, the slope of the land, or just uh, yeah, like the, like I said, the gutters are clogged, or they're not uh, being directed diverted away from the foundation so again that's that's one that's pretty pretty frequent the the other one i was just talking about is air conditioners so here in st louis temperatures you know they they fluctuate wildly and all of a sudden everybody's got their ac on on the same day so we get hammered with uh, air conditioner service requests uh, in a short period of time and it really just kind of depends on when the tenant decides to kick that ac on and how cold they like it, but eventually those ACs do go out and they need to be replaced or serviced. So we've gotten a ton of those. Uh, but
1: What else are we looking at? Let's pull them up. Yeah, Let's just yeah, kind of sure. look at just some of the recent ones. Maintenance I'm actually gross. curious. We're gonna learn all this together, guys. Yeah, so we've
0: got 78 total in the past since we set this up. And this here. is
1: probably maybe four months, five months old. Now we do yeah. have 40 plus properties in here too. So there's a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. But again, uh, let me think
1: about that, 78 service calls. So
0: we've got it set up, we can actually see Uh, So I look at this one property, I can look at my property on Alma, and what the heck? Oh Oh, yeah, this is just one service call, but if I go back to the property here, so we use Podio for everything, Mm -hmm. uh, and we track everything, I can see they've only had one service call on this property. What was it for? This one is, go back, is an HVAC. Okay. So like I said, that's just one of the things that, that happens. So here, I can look at all the ones that are resolved here. We'll sort them by date, and then we can just pop through them. Uh, If we
1: scroll down here, uh, so this one was the stairs were loose. So they just so had to re to... some stairs. So it could be anything, guys. That's the point. This one's a leaky fridge. Go to the next fridge one. Fridge was
0: leaking.
1: Next one we have is... A fridge went another out. Another fridge goes out. Next one we have is a garage door's not garage working. Garage door's
0: off the tracks. And this that tenant is actually... And I know this here if I look at this property. Langholm? I can see that this person puts in service requests pretty frequently. Oh, wow. See, eight of them. I've got eight service requests for this property in... You but know, look so look months. 3
1: or 4 of them basically are declined. Well 3 because of because
0: yeah they were the same service request the same request it, it, it was and that was a leaky basement so that one was so kind of so much you can do. Well, there's so much you can do, and we, you can only get so, the guy out there so fast.
1: Sometimes so you again, get you week, yeah, exactly. you've got to buy a tent and mop two weeks. Exactly. You've got put a fan. <laughs> Sorry, down, I can't do anything for you. Put a fan right down now. there,
0: and it'll it'll help keep the air moving and dry right. it up. So yeah, there's there's just a lot of different things, and again, you've got to be compassionate with the tents because they're living there and they want to live in a nice home. Uh, sure, but then here's another one. This is an HVAC. Um, what else we got? a plumber this one the city had turned off the water or they weren't getting enough pressure and it was the city who was doing uh, repair work so again there was nothing nothing that, we could that you can do but again we're just going to hear about but they're
1: gonna it. you're gonna hear about it and that you got to have you have to kind of have some tough skin in this business because sometimes tenants are gonna give you lip on the phone they're gonna have an attitude with you especially if you're dealing with 40 80 100 properties And you can't drop what you're doing and get out there. There might be a 24 or 48 hour period that you say, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's on the top of our list. We're going to get there when we can, but we might have pressing, you know, matters. So you have to just, you know, try to be cautious to let people know, Hey, you know, I appreciate you calling. Trust me. This is a priority for me, just like it is for you. That's why you're calling and as soon as we can get to it we're going to get to it because again people are going to sometimes come off and they're going to be rude they're going to say i'm paying 12 to 1400 bucks a month to live here and my shower's dripping you know well that's one small problem that we're going to work on we're going to get that fixed for you but you also have 1400 square feet of other space that you're paying us for Mm -hmm. too so you know you kind of got to brush these things off uh, sometimes but that's OK. Yeah. Well, and
0: some of them, again, you do want to be sympathetic, like heat going out in the winter, AC going out in the yeah. summer. And there's those been times are, when, are... I've,
1: when I've actually prorated people's rent. Like I, most people would never do that. But I actually care about people. You know, and, I, and there's been times where. Yeah, you where, give them a discount. Yeah, or yeah. if it's freezing cold in the winter and the furnace goes out. And guess what? I can't get my HVAC out for three days. I've paid for people's for hotel rooms. Again, you know, we're going to do what it takes to make them happy with us but at the same time, while also limiting the amount of expense that we have to incur mm-hmm. to, to, to find that happy medium to where we have a good tenant landlord relationship. That's what I was looking for. I love it. That whole time. Yeah. Tenant landlord so relationship. So this one, Dave,
0: here, we'll go, We'll do one last one just to kind of reemphasize the point that I was talking about earlier. This one, the tenant is saying, is there any way we can get a 220 volt uh, plug for my electric dryer? So this is again, and he said something about the lattice work is whatever. So this is going back to a tenant move in. Just at, I want a list. I mean, yeah, give I really it to me want...
1: before you move in because then it's it's going to be cheaper, more efficient, quicker, all the above. If they're not there, if they're there, now I have to coordinate with them and my contractor. There's no more. no longer a lockbox. Well, and I again, I don't
0: mind that either though because I think after a month of living there, they kind of know what is different to them because when people move, they kind of want the same things they had before. Sure, they want oh, well, this this doesn't work the same way as mine. They want it to work the same way. Right. So it's like, again, there's there's something, and this one is a 220. So what thing. are you
1: going to do with this, Meg? This I don't even know anything about this. So they're asking for a 220 voltlet for a dryer, mm-hmm. and then they want us to put up some lattice around a deck to make it probably look prettier.
0: Yeah, it was like it was keep critters off. out. Yeah, yeah, right. keep the critters out. We, we just did it.
1: Cool. So we just said, hey, mm-hmm. great. And again, yeah, yeah, that tenant... goes into us building that landlord-tenant relationship. Right.
0: We want the tenant to be happy. He what just was our moves... cost on this? Just guesstimate. I I'm, honestly, this one was one of our kind of in-house guys. So nothing.
1: Yeah. So maybe I mean, maybe it, 50 to a hundred bucks, we'll call it
0: hundred bucks in, in labor. Opportunity cost. So he could be working on one of other projects. That's about it. That's about it. Well, yeah, so hundred bucks. We paid him, but yes, yeah. of course.
1: But yeah, absolutely. But again, now that tenants like, wow, they went out of their way to install an electrical line for me to plug right. in a dryer. Right. So I can be clean. Well, they care about me, right? A, and we went was, out of our way to do the lattice. I'm just saying it's not a big deal but we've done what we needed to sure. do to strengthen our relationship. So on the second or the third of the month, we haven't received their rent yet and we have a property manager call, or that could be you, to say, hey, not trying to bother you, but I haven't received your rent yet. They're gonna be eager to be like, oh, you, you scratched my back, let me scratch yours. Let me make sure I get it to you today. And that's mm-hmm. really what you wanna create a good relationship uh, between the tenant and the landlord for. So you can get your rent on time and that you can keep that place occupied.
0: All right, I think we've talked enough today about uh Tenants and Toilets.
1: Tenants and Toilets. Tenants and Toilets, part One of our of my first my favorite strategy. episodes.
0: Guys, if you're just starting in real estate investing, uh, thank you for joining us, and be sure to check us out on the free course.com
1: Thanks, guys. Until next time. Welcome back to Season 2
0: of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share with you what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. Make sure you never miss an episode and download the Discount Property Investor app in Google Play or iTunes today. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in.
1: I don't know about you, but the best way to get a motivated seller to sell you a property is to get them on the phone, right? You got to get them on the phone so you can get their email to send them an offer. You got to get them on the phone so you can get information about the property, maybe even get them on the phone to set the appointments. So you can go meet them if you're doing this locally. Regardless, you have to get them on the phone. So, the only way to go about getting a motivated seller on the phone is to have them call you by doing various types of marketing or you can call them, right? So in order to call these motivated sellers or these people that you are essentially assuming have motivation when you're doing your cold calling or your cold texting is to first skip trace these individuals and get information on how to reach them, like phone numbers and email addresses. I personally use batch skip tracing. It is the most affordable service that has the best quality data that I have found. Um, every single time I've tested it, which has been probably about a dozen. So I highly recommend BatchSkipTracing.com, guys, if you are interested in skip tracing. Use code DAVE, D-A-V-E, to get 20% off your skip tracing. is a huge discount, 20% off, basically one in five skip traces is free with that code. Go check it out, it's where I do all of my skip tracing. And we're basically doing, you know, 10 plus deals every month consistently at this point, about five to six years in, in my wholesaling business, we probably use this service weekly at this point. So go check them out, batch skip tracing, use code Dave, D-A-V-E. That's going to save you 20% on your skip tracing.